Chapter 6 of Catherine von Bora, Dr. Martin Luther's Wife by Armin Stein. Translated by E. A. Enlick. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 6. A Fleeting Fancy. It was August in the same year, 1523, when Frau Elsa entered her husband's room one morning in great haste. Her cheeks glowed, her breath came fast, and for some moments she was unable to speak. I have discovered who it is that every morning leaves a nosegay at the window. It is as I suspected. The syndic rubbed his eyes and stared at his wife. You mean the youth from Nuremberg? No, other. He has been very bold of late. In church he places himself near her and disturbs her devotions with his attentions. It is sinful. And Kate seems not disinclined to favor his suit. Only the other day, when we supped with Lucas Cranach, she had much conversation with young Baumgartner, who was among the guests. On the way home, she asked me if it were far from here to Nuremberg, and whether all Swabians were as hearty in their speech as this young Jerome. What reply did you make? I told her the road was very long from here to Nuremberg, and that I was not aware that the speech of the Swabians was more hearty than that of the Saxons. But this I knew. A man's friendly words were no proof that his heart was true. She answered not a word, but gave me an embarrassed, questioning look. I trust she understood your meaning. It would grieve me to give her to Jerome. If we must needs part with her, I hope it may be to a worthy man in whom we have confidence. This young gentleman seems to be of a light and frivolous disposition. I think the same, replied Elsa with a lively gesture, but I believe that Dr. Luther is fond of the youth. He has repeatedly praised him for his industry and for the abundant knowledge he has acquired at the university. I fear that Jerome will find a warm advocate in Luther. Dearest Elsa, said the syndic, laying his hand on his wife's shoulder, here our experience must needs come to the aid of youthful ignorance. Catherine is to us as our own child, and we would sin did we not endeavor to save her from unhappiness and heartache. I can easily believe that her heart inclines to the youth. He is of a handsome figure, has good manners, and is moreover the first man who has approached her with professions of love. If she knew more of men, she would be more cautious." Frau Elsa ended the conversation and urged her husband to be ready for morning prayers. As Sibylla was bringing in the morning meal, three loud knocks were heard at the door, and presently a handsome, richly dressed youth appeared. Bowing with courtly grace, he stood upon the threshold awaiting the master's permission to enter. "'You honor us at an early hour, Mr. Baumgartner,' said the syndic with some embarrassment, rising and offering his hand to the visitor, while Frau Elsa, in confused haste, busied herself about the table. The young man replied, Pardon me if I disturb you, but because of my sudden departure, I found no more suitable time to bid you farewell. Reichenbach looked up at the tall youth with surprise, and Frau Elsa drew nearer. What do you say? You are going to leave Wittenberg? Nodding assent, the student explained, it is hard for me to leave the place where I have experienced so much pleasure and benefit. Yet I owe obedience to my father who demands my speedy return. With hypocritical warmth and ill-concealed pleasure, Frau Elsa urged the young man to share the repast, inquired with much feeling as to the reasons of the paternal command, and was altogether so friendly and affable that he was surprised to find himself thus suddenly received into favor by one who had always treated him with such chilling reserve. His eyes often wandered toward the door, as though he expected someone, and the longer he waited, the more restless were his glances, and the more confused his answers. At last he rose to go. It was evident that something weighed upon his mind, to which his tongue refused to give utterance, 
until with a heroic effort, he plucked up courage to ask after Catherine. I should like to bid her farewell if I... His sentence was left unfinished, the embarrassment which it produced increasing his own diffidence. After a painful silence, Frau Elsa stammered, Doubtless she has not slept well, or she would have appeared at morning prayers. If you have any message for her, I will gladly be the bearer of it. A shadow fell upon the young man's handsome face. His lips parted so that the white teeth became visible under his brown beard, and with anxious questioning his eyes rested upon the face of the lady, who grew hot and cold under his glance. Her husband's voice sounded almost like a reproof when he said, Go and see why Catherine delays so long. With inward reluctance, Frau Elsa turned to obey when the door was opened and Catherine appeared. At the sight of the young man, she started and blushed. The syndic came to her relief. Taking her hand in a fatherly fashion, he said, Come hither, Catherine, and greet Master Baumgardner, who has come to take leave of us before he returns to his home. Catherine's face grew pale, and her eyes timidly sought those of the young man who approached and would have taken her hand. I pray you, dear lady, remember me kindly, as I will also faithfully keep you in my memory until God so orders it that I may see your face again. You will return then to Wittenberg? Both women asked in one breath, the one with glad surprise, the other in visible dismay. With a burst of enthusiasm, the young man exclaimed, How could I forget Wittenberg? Here my mind was nourished and my heart awakened. Not long, I trust, will dutiful obedience detain me in Nuremberg. Then I shall hasten to return hither. In the meantime, I commit you to God's keeping. He paused to conceal the emotion which overpowered him and, after a very hasty leave-taking, hurried away. On this and the following day, deep silence reigned in the syndic's house. Husband and wife had little to say to one another, and overhead, in her little chamber, sat Catherine, lonely and sorrowful. Her heart seemed empty. Now that Jerome had gone away, she became aware of the warmth of her feeling for him. She resolved to take comfort in the affection of her friends, but this seemed an insufficient substitute, and she had a strong foreboding that Jerome would not return. Yet, when the hot tears would have burst from her eyes, she struggled with all her strength against her sorrow, lest the syndic and his wife might perceive that her love was shared by another, whose suit they disapproved. She felt it as a sin that her benefactor should yield to a stranger because, forsooth, he had approached her with friendly words and glances. Be still, foolish heart, she said, and see to it, if with redoubled love thou canst expiate thy wrong against these kind friends. Shortly after, Frau Elsa received her husband one evening with a lively welcome. Philip, our Kate is a brave girl. She has conquered her own heart and is once more wholly ours. End of chapter 6